Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to say a huge thanks to those that have listened and subscribed so far. We have been really overwhelmed by the response to our first three episodes and have loved hearing from our listeners. If you want to join the conversation or get in touch with us, follow us on Instagram, it's no secret NZ, or reach out to us personally on LinkedIn. We'll put the details of this on our website. And now for today's topic. Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat. And I'm Christine. And today on the podcast, we are tackling the question of investing with family. Should you do it for love or money? Investing with family members can come in many forms, from the Kiwi dream of owning property to running your own business or investing on behalf of a family member, sometimes as well providing financial assistance either for cultural reasons or for the fact that you can. There are many pros to helping others, particularly those closest to us. However, there can also be cons. And today we are tackling this topic because it's something that is personally quite close to me and I also feel very strongly about. But also I found it really interesting that in 2020, the CFFC found that one in five Kiwis had problems with interpersonal relationships due to financial concerns. Naturally, this includes people's spouses, but it also extends to family members. And I think that when money can have such a large potential impact, either positive or negative on those relationships, it's worth discussing how we can, I guess, set ourselves up for success in the best way possible to make sure that those relationships are protected. So Christine, first question for you off the box, have you invested for money or helped a loved one in your family? And if you haven't, would you? So personally, I have not invested with my my friends or my family. I've never really been in a financial position to kind of give. That makes me sad that I haven't yet, but also hopefully one day I will be able to get to that point. Um, I have, however, received help, particularly from my mum, but then also my sister does help me kind of indirectly a lot. Yep. Um, and the topic of investing with her has come up a lot. And she is very firm on the idea that it's something you do for the sake of, of making money. Making money. So it'd be like a joint venture into property or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It is exactly that. It's property. So yep. yeah, she is all guns blazing. And also it's it's interesting though. I think it is a mix of the two in that she does want to make money naturally, but yes. also she wants to do it with me because she trusts me and knows it'll help me in the end. Yep. Um, so yeah, a combo. How about you? Yeah. I know um, actually you have a lot of experience with this. So yeah, I'll yeah, throw it back I- to you. <laughs> Luke and I have some experiences on both ends, similar to you, both receiving assistance from family and then also helping family financially or going down kind of joint ventures with family. I guess for me, there is a real difference in my mind that investing with family and financially helping family are two super distinct things. Mm -hmm. One is done for money or making profit and the other is done for love. Mm -hmm. And I think that where people can fall down is they confuse the two or they aren't particularly upfront about their intentions and therefore they don't have the outcome that they were expecting. So we have had experiences on both sides, uh, both with great outcomes and, you know, outcomes that have had ups and downs or challenges (laughs) along the way. 
helping people for love, just to clarify. Yeah. Um, giving financial support or would that be the... Yeah, I think giving financial support to someone that is in your family or receiving financial support. Yeah. The first starting point with this is if you were doing something for love in the sense of financially supporting a family member, you really need to think about whether or not that person is willing to receive that Uh, help and what kind of mindset they are in because – you know, it's really easy as the outside party to take your views of money and what others should be doing and basically impose them on them. Mm-hmm. So having that kind of discussion, do they want to be helped? Are they receptive to the help? Yeah. Being upfront with that. And then also just being really honest with yourself as to how this will affect your relationship ongoing and will there be any change to the balance of power? And I know that this is something that we've talked about before, mm-hmm. right, where as an example – we have been lent money from family members and we have also lent money to family members. Let's say that you do that and then you see that family member a couple of weeks down the track and they've bought something new. Oh, yes. Or they've booked a holiday <laughs> or they're doing something that makes you think, ah, oh, okay, hold on a second. I lent you some money a little while ago to do this other thing and now you're doing that. And it is really challenging because you enter into this gray zone of are they meant to act in the way that you think they should act because you've provided that assistance? And how do you not instantaneously judge them when you see moments like that happen? Exactly. And and not feel bad for also doing so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you, you give – well, I would like to think that people give without expectation or the expectation is agreed up front and then so true you know this is exactly the point right it's like you do have to agree up front otherwise with money or giving money Mm. there is so much expectation attached because there's usually emotion attached oh absolutely it's a bit different to baking someone a cake (laughs) yeah and expecting the containers returned (laughs) yeah exactly exactly if if you actually parallel that to money you expect that it's going to be returned and in a certain time frame frame. and then maybe plus some you know, yeah, if yeah. you agree that mm-hmm. perhaps if it's, say, a loan, they need to pay some form of interest or there's something else associated with that and how does that work and being really upfront. So one experience that we have had where this has worked really well is we lent a family member some money uh, so that they could pay off some higher interest debt and at the time we could afford to do that and we agreed not really a time frame, but I guess some trigger points in time at which point they would start to pay us back for that money. And we also agreed an interest rate. So, you know, we all had a very clear understanding of when repayments were expected to be made, um, when a lump sum payment was expected to be made based on certain events in the future happening and the interest that was accruing on that loan. So Mm -hmm. that's worked out really good. So it's been stuck to and yeah. it's all been returned. Oh, that's yeah, great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so that's working really well. Yeah. Something else that we wanted to talk about is if you're helping someone else for love, making sure that you as the individual that's helping are really in a strong financial position first in order to do so. Yeah. And this is something else that I think the CFFC have done a really good job of surveying Kiwis on is this whole notion of like financial resilience. At the end of last year, the latest survey that they did, 41% of households said that whilst they were not in financial difficulty, they had little financial resilience. 
that for me is a little bit of a warning around making sure that you are not only in a good position now, but have some resilience should things change for you personally before you consider helping others. Yeah, definitely. You can't give from an empty cup. You can only give from the overflow, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent right. And so again, Luke and I have had experience with this one (laughs) where we were pretty much in that exact situation of as a household, we weren't in difficulty, but we probably had a little less financial resilience than we realized. We did lend out some money to someone. All the terms were agreed to. And then lo and behold, life happens. And a short while later, a couple of bumps in the road came along and it did put us under a fair amount of stress. And it Mm -hmm. was one of those things that I thought, oh crap, you know what? I wish we hadn't done that maybe just then. Um, So I guess, yeah, that would be something to consider. So when you kind of approach those conversations with your family, because I know that, you know, we all know that money is a tricky subject to talk about. It can get a bit funny and awkward, you know, trying to be like, okay, I want to lend you this money, but also there's, you know, T's and C's essentially. How do you approach that topic or even have that conversation? Great question. So the thing that really got us across the line for both people feeling comfortable about it was that it was beneficial to both parties. And I think that was quite important for the person that we were lending the money to. Mm -hmm. And also having had the situation reversed where we have borrowed money from family members, we felt very strongly that we wanted it to be beneficial for them. So whilst they were doing it from a place of, no, 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 you don't need to pay an interest rate or you don't need to do this. We were very insistent on the fact that we wanted that to happen. And we had also committed to a set I guess, time frame. So in both of these instances, actually, I guess it was it was easier for us to set a repayment based on an action happening. So as an example, one of the loans was being repaid when a property was sold. Oh, right. Okay. So, you know, yeah, so, for, for yeah. everyone, right, there's a line in the sand. Everyone knows when that has happened as opposed to necessarily saying something like, oh, you can just pay me back when you can afford it Yeah, because right. that's super vague. Yeah. How do you enforce that? Well, you can't unless it's written in paper and you've had a lawyer and blah, blah, blah yeah. involved, right? Yeah. Which I assume most people probably don't probably want to do with I, their I was going to say, but there should probably be a caveat yeah, that yeah. if you are going into <laughs> yeah, full-blown yeah. lending to family, you should obviously seek some kind of legal advice or support. Um, But, you know, to be frank, in this instance, we didn't. We had quite an honest conversation with both of the individuals that were involved. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that has really helped in the time since we initially lent the money is the fact that we had the hard conversation first and Uh, then we both knew what was happening because I personally would have found it quite challenging if we hadn't have had the hard conversation first and then you have to keep going back to it. And it's like, you know, no one wants to repeat the awkward (laughs) conversation over and over again. We'd done the hard work and then we could just move on with it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's that's been a good thing. When you felt like you didn't have much financial resilience and you had that money lent out to your family members, did did you ever kind of feel feel like you wanted to speed the timeline up or, you know, be like, oh, well, actually, I'm struggling over here as a result of lending money to you. Can you pay it back to me faster, please? Yeah. <laughs> and how yep. did you manage that? I have definitely felt like that. And I guess this is the biggest learning, right, is you don't know how you're going to feel until you're in the situation. So if you are thinking about doing this, really being honest with yourself, because as we've discussed in previous episodes, Luke is very laissez-faire. He's like, you know, <laughs> quite chill with this whole attitude. So for him, it wasn't a concern. But naturally, me being much more of a planner, I was thinking, 
yes, we need to go and ask them or, uh, damn it, I wish we hadn't have done that. I just really had to reconcile that within myself because I knew that we had made this agreement on, you know, good terms and in good faith initially and actually it fell back on us. It was our fault Mm. that we had lent money to someone when we probably shouldn't have. Yeah. And I can't blame them for that. Yeah, definitely. And that's the hard, honest truth that I had to live with. (laughs) I think that that actually leads into a really important point about feeling resentment towards, Mm. you know, making financial choices or just so much guilt about the past and things that have happened in the past, right? Because, you know, we're here and now and you just kind of have to deal with what... You have to just move forward. Yeah, Yeah. what has happened. And that's what we did. But one of the things that I would say about both of those scenarios is whilst they had challenges at some points, overall, they've been a success because we knew from the very beginning that we were doing this to help someone. We yep. were never doing it to make money. If we wanted to make money, I would have gone ah, and invested the money. You know? That is so interesting because you're big on investing with family being uh, for money, right? Yes. So that's interesting that you've done it for love. Yes. And now here we are and that maybe that experience has changed your perspective. Yeah. Has it? Would you say that it has? I Look, I, no. I think it's probably changed my perspective in that – I am now more aware of the position I need or Luke and I need to be in before we're prepared to help other people financially. It's very admirable of lots of people to help others. And oftentimes, you know, both in Australia and New Zealand, there are cultural factors at play for a lot of individuals that require them to help family members. And it does come with quite a bit of burden. I think that leads to a perfect topic to talk about and that you know, what happens if you culturally have a family to support yep. and putting yourself first financially before helping these people is not really an option. That is a real challenge. And I guess, you know, I have worked with people that had this kind of requirement. I don't want to say obligation because I think for a lot of people, it's not that something that they do want choose to do. To, yeah, they choose yeah. to do exactly whether it's culturally defined or not. Where I've seen it be a success is that people have started thinking about this quite early on. So, you know, uh, yeah basically in their early 20s, if it's something that they know they're going to get to in their late 30s or early 40s to support their parents and making sure that you are budgeting that in or factoring it in and just getting onto that as soon as possible. It hits close to home for me because it's a bit of a vulnerable moment, but I have a lot of fear around being that person that is a burden on other people. And I think even from some conversations that I've had with my family, there have been comments of that, oh, well, I need to do well to support you, i.e. me. And that's that's not to say that I'm not a quote-unquote success or ha- don't have enough financially to support myself. It's just maybe that I'm not going to have as much as they have or be in the position that they were once or, or yeah. are now. It's such a tricky topic for both sides. It is, right. And don't you think that for you that comes back to what we were saying at the start where – other people in your family are thinking about you in the way that they think about money yes. and you have a very different approach to yes. what you think you need or what you're comfortable to live with or how much you actually want to earn or need to save. Mm-hmm. And the main lesson there is just remembering that everybody is an individual, even though we think we're sometimes helping or we really want to help and we're coming from a good place. You may be imposing beliefs or views yes. on someone else that they don't even want that. And actually, you may be stressing them out more. Yeah, exactly. Like I I was not ready to hear that at all. If, and I probably didn't need to ever hear that because I was quite happy with where I was and am. Yeah. So, yeah. The whole family and money and investing thing is really difficult. With your family, you have a whole heap of common ground 
because they're your family. Mm. But that doesn't mean you have a whole heap of common ground when it comes to money behaviours. And like we talked about on episode one, right, your behaviour can be formed from the views or your experiences of others. And that might actually be the total opposite because you saw, say, your parents behave in a certain way. That's exactly what I am. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) cool, I'll take this, that, and not be that and do this. Yeah, exactly. And so then when you're thinking about, I guess, having these discussions or looking at other people in your family group and I guess, for lack of a better word, judge them a little bit everyone sort of just needs to check themselves really (laughs) yeah take a hard look at yourself yeah exactly because not everyone's the same and we'd also just have entirely different goals Mm. so this leads perfectly into the whole you know if you are in genuinely investing with family for money Mm. how do you approach that you know you need to play on people's strengths and treat it like you would a business, right? So any business, if you think about where you work, people (laughs) have various different roles because of the strengths that they bring. And it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to have the same level of knowledge or skill set, but you need to be upfront and have the discussion around, okay, well, Christine, you are bringing to this investing partnership these these skills or this set of knowledge and your sister's bringing this other set of knowledge and skills and how are we going to fit those in together so that we yeah. both achieve the goal or outcome that we want yeah um and you know part of the time well all of the time when i say investing for money work really well it is when people have really clear boundaries around what they're trying to achieve they have the same goal and they have the same time frame mm. so you know, if you think about, I think well, the time frame is so important. Yeah, and that sure, and so life like, stages. And if we use you and your sister as the example, right? It's well, what are you both investing for? Is it something that, you, as a property, you both want to own as an investment property, and you want to rent it out? Therefore, you want to make an income and capital growth from it. And at some point in the future, you probably want to sell it for a profit, or mm. do you want to keep it and then continue, you know, to buy more property in the future, or whatever it might be? Having all of those conversations upfront before you get into anything will set you off for the best chance of success because, well, everyone's life changes and things happen along the way and you need to have had the conversation around what you both would do if certain events in the future arose. Mm -hmm. One example that I have seen in the past is we worked with, similar to you guys, two sisters that (laughs) uh, couldn't afford to buy like two properties independently. So they decided to buy a house together. And initially that suited them both really well because they both lived in the property and that was great. Then as they started to get a little bit older, you know, they start seeing people. One of them um, was in quite a serious relationship and wanted to – go and live with her partner and then eventually buy a property with her partner. So then you have a case of there are two individuals, one who's living in a house that they own half of and that is their home and then another individual that is basically owning part of that property as an investment. People that are in their homes and people that have an investment property have very different goals and responses to say certain things. So great example, they wanted to build a deck. Well, if it was an investment property, would you necessarily do that if you had tenants in there? Would like do yeah, they need probably, a deck? Yeah. Would you want to spend the expense? Possibly not. If you're living in there as your home, you want it to be as comfortable as possible. So you probably would spend that money. How do you reconcile that in the future? Mm. And that was a point in time where they were really struggling to, I guess, work <laughs> through those things and think about what their kind of exit strategy from that combined finances and combined investment was. Mm. So 
as much as having the initial conversations as to why you're doing this in the very beginning is important, it is also important to talk about, well, what's going to happen in the future Mm. and how are we going to go our separate ways or exit this investment in the future and what does that look like? Yeah, I guess it just reiterates the point of how important it is to be talking about these things. Yes. Yeah. To wrap up today's episode and to give everyone that's listening a couple of tips, I mean, you've obviously had the conversation with your sister around thinking about possibly doing this. So Mm -hmm. do you have any tips around if you are wanting to genuinely invest with a family member for money, how you go about that conversation initially? My tip for having that conversation would be to consider the real impact that it's going to have on your life if you don't have that conversation. So maybe kind of flipping it and to be like, what is the cost of not having this conversation? Um, to then approach it I'm quite open open and my sister and I are very happy to talk about that and that might not be the case for some people but maybe if you can you know mentally flip it to think Mm. there's a huge opportunity cost of not having that conversation then that can be a catalyst to, to do it yeah well I think just further to that on a practical level if you do really want to have this conversation but it's something that you're struggling with write down your points, you know, come at it from a point of view of I've run some numbers or I've had this idea. This is what I'm thinking about doing because the other person might not have thought about it as much as you have. And then, you know, having a couple of discussions, giving people the time to go away and think about it before agreeing to anything. Mm. Of course, as we mentioned before, getting the advice of an accountant or a lawyer, if it is particularly in relation to property, um, but any kind of large financial asset. Yeah. And then, As we talked about initially, I think if you're helping someone for love or you want to be able to help people for love, just really being honest with yourself as to can I do that now? And if not, what do I need to do for my own financial resilience so that I can do that in the future? Mm -hmm. And then also just making sure that the other person is receptive to that help and you're not inadvertently putting your own views onto them that may or may not actually help them. Yeah, I was going to reiterate that last point and say maybe asking them if they're comfortable to have that conversation is even a a step, you know, before that, that is that like, are you open to receiving this feedback, basically? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't come in hot with like, hey, I'm going to give you 10K to pay off your credit card because they may not be ready for that conversation. You just might lose a sister out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, exactly as you said earlier, there is a lot of shame and fear of judgment when it comes to money. And so just remembering that and making sure that you approach it in a way that's not going to totally upset the power balance between the relationship or the relationship ongoing because as Luke always reminds me, he's like (laughs) family is much more important than money, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And sometimes you just need to let, let things lie. Yeah. Love it. I love that last line. (laughs) Just as a nice reminder for life in general. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. All the resources that we've talked about today will be uploaded onto our website. It's no secret.co.nz forward slash four. Lastly, we would really appreciate it if you could follow us on Instagram at it's no secret NZ and tell all your friends we're really trying to reach as many Kiwis as we can to encourage open, honest conversations about money. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.